The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. You've seen the movie. Now hear from American sniper Chris Kyle's widow, Taya, as she describes the source of her strength. I've grown exponentially in my faith and I've seen God work in ways that um, I couldn't imagine. I know that he's put people in the right place at the right time. And in overwhelming me with things, I would find that he actually handled them farther on down the line. So that if I was capable of trying to handle it, I would have screwed it up. Next on Life Today. We have American wife, the wife of American sniper, Chris Kyle. The, uh, the story is incredible. The movie was uh, a very high impact. It, uh, it revealed what someone did for freedom for us and also for the potential freedom of others who were in many instances enemies. How we reached out. We have Chris Kyle's wife here. And you know how we lost Chris. He did a lot to protect us, to protect freedom for you and your children and those you love and for people all over the world. But he lost his life trying to help a veteran, a soldier who had terrible, terrible depression. He had not overcome. He had the, the syndrome of, of all that had taken place. And they were trying to help him. And the guy shot him he and his buddy. And suddenly, Taya, American wife, is an American widow. And she's a blessing, and she desires to be a blessing, which is why she wrote the book. Would you welcome Taya Kyle to life today? <laughs> Taya, the first time most of us met you was at the memorial service of your husband in the Cowboy Stadium, AT&T Stadium, it's called now. When you came to the platform, I want to tell you that there were, I believe you had help that was supernatural. You communicated a gratitude, rightly so, for your husband, an appreciation for Americans that loved you and your husband appropriately, and a desire for faith to have its full impact in all of our lives. Did you have, you feel, supernatural help when you went up there in that very difficult moment and I saw you in that stadium? Absolutely, and I feel like there's, I feel like God promises beauty through ashes. And I feel like I've seen that so many times now that the beauty far outweighs the tragedy that I've seen. I'm not saying the, the way I feel about it, but I'm saying that the number of people I've seen beauty from is far greater than the number of people that I've seen evil from. And with that, let me just take a little side note. When we were talking about the person who murdered Chad Littlefield and my husband, Chris, he claimed to have PTSD, but I want everybody to know that he actually did not have that. And that's the psychiatrist from the prosecution and the defense both testified to that fact because he never had a traumatic event. He wasn't in combat. He didn't pick up bodies in Haiti. There was none of that. He chose, he has free will like the rest of us. He chose evil. 
He chose to abuse drugs, and Chris wasn't privy to all the information. He just wasn't told all of it before he went down. So I just don't want, my purpose in clarifying that is just I don't want anybody of our first responders or veterans or anybody else who has PTSD for or PTS for any legitimate reason to have a scarlet letter on them that they're a murderer. They just aren't. They don't They don't murder people. They hurt themselves, and, and they have other problems, but they don't murder people. But your husband actually went with a desire to help somebody that was hurting. And that's exactly it. And, and in some ways, it seems like, you know, it's um, not a surprising and in that he died serving because he was that, that was type of protective person. Do you see that when he went over in the first place and became a sniper, did you see that in his heart it was a desire to help all of us have the freedom that we've been so blessed to enjoy? Did he see his role as a protector, like a loving father or husband, should be for those he cares about? That's what he saw himself as? You know, it's interesting because from the time he was a kid, there are stories of people who went to school with him and people who can tell me stories of him being that humble, protective person for others. And that was no different when he was in the military. He always said that while he was trained to shoot and to do his job, that he didn't know when in the situation, he said nobody knows if they'll actually be able to pull the trigger or not. But what I've learned in knowing him is that so many of our warriors, first responders and veterans, find themselves in a situation where they have a choice to make. They either shoot someone and take on the price that that, that takes, because it, it is a price. And as Chris used to say, you'd have to be a sociopath to truly enjoy that act. But you'll do that because this person will then live. And I think about all of us who aren't in those justice-related fields in a neighborhood with people I like, would I see somebody who's coming to harm my neighbor? Would I be willing to take on the price that I might go to trial? I might do it wrong. You know, I might be um, ostracized and, and now I'm gonna have to face the fact that I had to take another life. Would I do that for, for my neighbor or somebody I didn't know, you know? And I think you don't know until you're there, but it comes from a place of love. It comes from a place of sacrifice and protection. And that he truly enjoyed, fulfilling his sense of purpose. I never saw Chris uh, with an arrogance. There, there was something unusual and something pretty, very significant that he accomplished. That he was very effective at what he did and that he fulfilled his role. And, and he did it for you, the children, but he did it for me and my 11 grandchildren and now our great grandson that's come. He did it for all of us, as all of our veterans do. And oh, how we want to learn to express love for you, far more than we've ever been able to, and we must. And I believe by the grace of God, we will. You wrote the book with a purpose in mind, I'm sure, because you have a story. What do you hope American wife will accomplish? I would think you would want all of us as Americans, uh, and certainly those of us who profess to know God and Christ, to pray for the families, to really love them and lift them up, and to not just pray for their protection, but for all the things that come as challenges to them and their family. But when you wrote the book, what was your thought or what is your hope that you, you pray it accomplishes? You know, there were two things. One is that there was, like most people, who we all are these multifaceted people. And while people got to see one side of Chris, there was more to him that I loved that I wanted to share with people who enjoyed getting to know him. And the other thing, and, and a really big motivating factor for me was to let other first responder and military wives know that they aren't alone. And I know that I could have benefited from that 
when I was going through the hardest times. And then marriages in general. It's, I think this is a, a very common thing in all marriages that we're, we're looking through our struggles and trying to figure out a way to stay close. And I feel like our situation may have been a little bit different, but the dynamic is still the same, that when we're married, you know, we're all trying to figure out our way to make it be the best marriage it can be. And going through our ups and downs and our flaws and failures and triumphs, it's hopefully it, it helps people see what they can do. Maybe we did some things right. So you talk openly about some of those challenges. Absolutely. But you I mean, can also see what not to do. You know, I mean, I'm open about that too. We, you know, maybe you look at our story and say, oh, I wouldn't, you know, mm-hmm. I wouldn't do that. It's a cautionary thing. Well, you said thing, you but. kept it not quite in the total soldier language, which for those of us who are Christians, we don't know why coaches think that language is necessary, why soldiers in military do. But my goodness, you think, dear Lord, mm-hmm. is this an expression of what's really inside these people? But you said you did keep it in a kind of Walmart street talk and you kept it that level, I mean, it's, it's toned down some, but you kept it pretty much open the way it was. So you people could see what's going on, right? Well, yeah, that's one of the things that I think, I think part of the beauty of American Sniper and maybe why it resonated so well is that from the beginning, like you said, Chris is one of the most humble people you'd ever meet. And he was, he didn't want to even do a book. He only did it because other people were going to write it about him. And he didn't want to be seen as a braggart or arrogant He also wanted the people he served with, the guys who died with him, he wanted them to be highlighted and showcased for their service. So that's why he did it. And I think that he put all his flaws, like he said, the bad language, all of it. He just said, look, this is it. This is where I am right now. This is what we've gone through. And because of that, it resonates with people. And we've heard the healing from military couples, not just in this war, but from Vietnam and and I believe in wars in the future, so many couples have said to the cast and crew of that movie, I've had those same conversations with my spouse, the same conversations, but I didn't hear it the same way. Because when you're one step removed and it's, you don't have your defenses built up in your own marriage, you hear it differently. And they told us so many stories of dialogues opening up. And believe it or not, I've heard just two, but you know, it's still a lot when you consider what I'm about to tell you is that uh, of stories where somebody walked out of the theater and sat with one guy sat with a male friend and the other one with his fiance and they both came to Christ mm. in the parking lot after watching that movie. <laughs> That's great. And probably many you didn't hear about. Probably many I didn't hear about. And you want that to come through the book. You yeah. would like people to come to know the importance of faith. Well, and right. you felt the prayers of people, right? In, in, in the journey you've been on. It has been one of the most powerful experiences. My faith was strong, but I've grown exponentially in my faith and I've seen God work in ways that um, I couldn't imagine. I know that he's put people in the right place at the right time. And I tend to be a little bit stubborn and a little bit wanting to be independent. And I think knowing that God piled on way too much for me to handle and too much for other people who came in to help with so that I couldn't possibly do it all and showed me that in overwhelming me with things, I would find that he actually handled them farther on down the line so that if I was capable of trying to handle it, I would have screwed it up. Mm -hmm. But because I was so overwhelmed, some things unfolded and happened and it's taught me a whole lot that I believe Chris already knew about waiting for God's timing and it's not that I wasn't faithful for, I was, but I also believed I had to power through. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, I'll power through what's on my plate for today. And I'm not going to worry and stress about all the trouble that's coming because 
there was a ton of trouble coming my way consistently, and there still is, but not as much as there was in the early days. And I found that that God has this amazing way of of handling a lot more than I would have maybe thought he would have. Could you tell us something about Chris that we might not, people might not know that you think would be important or meaningful for him to know? Yeah, I think that, and you'll see this a little bit in American Wife, but he was very romantic and extraordinarily soft with me from the beginning and with the kids, and yet he was innately a good man. And I think he knew what that was as far as being strong. But he could see that, for example, if there was something he needed to change, he didn't just say, I'm sorry, I'll work on that. He didn't say it until he knew darn well that he was going to be fully invested in changing a behavior. And when he set his mind to it, he could do it in a way that I haven't seen anybody else do. He also laughed with our kids. I mean, I honestly can't think of maybe but you know, five to ten days if I really, really tried to think where he wasn't at some point laughing with our children. But he expected them to look him in the eye, to shake other people's hands, to have manners, but not to the point where they had to say yes, sir, to him, unless, like at one point, they kind of got out of the habit of saying it to a bunch of other adults. And he said, well, for a while, why don't you just say it at home so you get in the habit of when an adult <laughs> is speaking to you, you say it. And, um, and I just found that it was so charming and so beautiful how he was affectionate and cuddly with our kids, held them to a high standard, played with them and laughed at them. You know, he just seemed like this amazing combination of a person. And when I look back and see the stress that he was under, and I know it more now than I did then, that for him to do all of that while he was grieving the loss of his friends, while he was trying to get over trauma and war, trying to make his marriage work, what an incredible human being to never give up and to always rise to the challenge that was in front of him. I think that, um, I could tell you funny stories all day long, but to me, those are the interesting qualities that I find rare today, that somebody can be all of those things in, in one person. Do the children seem the way you hope they'll seem? They do. You know, I heard before Chris died, I remember having a conversation with him you know, with our life the way it was and our friends dying, we had a lot of conversations about death. And um, I remember one of my friends saying that people will forget the way, uh, what, what you tell them, and they'll forget what you did with them, but they will never forget the way you made them feel. And as a parent, you know, we're always trying to do things better, but we screw up and we do all these things. But at the end of the day, I think that's comforting. And we always said that if something ever happened to one of us, you know, at least the people we left behind would know how much we loved them. And that's the gift my, my kids have, is that this really incredible person who was flawed, didn't expect perfection from them, didn't expect um, them to follow everything he liked. You know, he said their path is their path. And, um, and he loved them. And that's something that I think is the biggest gift for the children and for me, is that we have no doubts. When it comes to love, we have no doubts. What are the children's names? I usually don't talk about them in public, but I call them in the, uh, in the in book, the book Baba and Angel. Okay. Well, let me just say to you, you Kyle children, we sure love you. Sure love your dad. We sure love your mom. And we think you're special. Not because you had a special dad and mom, but because you've been exposed to a very special pressure, which 
the Father God says that we are clay in the potter's hand. And any pressure that comes is either from his fingers or filtered through his fingers to shape greatness, beauty, and Christ-likeness in you. So you're special. Above all, you've been selected to be more beautiful than any of us can ever describe. You got a beautiful mom, an awesome dad, and we love you. We thank love you, Taya. We you. thank God for Chris, don't we? Thank God for the children. You know, we try to uh, share, and I, by the way, I hope you'll get the book in the bookstores or online and give it to someone. We'll, we'll give it to you today uh, if you'll do something that we think is very special. I know you'll think it is, Taya. We want to see people have peace in his presence. Sarah Young is so amazingly gifted. You know, I've tried to write some. I write a little bit. I probably don't write well. This woman is so gifted to write that it's amazing. And now they've taken her greatest statements and devotional thoughts and put them in the most beautiful book. Thomas Nelson does some of these things so beautifully as well as published Bibles. But we want to send this to those of you. What we're doing is we're, we're taking care of children that have been trapped in, by trafficking. They've, they literally become sex slaves. And, and we're, we're building a center farm where we can actually rescue them and keep them safe and secure. In, in the most heavily trafficked area in the world, in Southeast Asia. And the miracle is that we can build so much less expensively there than we can here, but it was still expensive. And we, we, we need $128 per person or per child per year, which is just so small an amount, but that does so much in the area where we use it, the way we use it. And so many of you don't want to do that, and we try to free people from sexual bondage and trafficking. But we're going to build a center farm a real safe house. And it costs nearly one and a quarter million dollars, but the thing is a family full of love but been blessed. They're giving eight hundred and and twenty thousand dollars toward the goal, and we only need four hundred and ten thousand, which means if our viewers, and this is what they say, if your viewers will do that, you've got it all. Which means if we'll do our part, it basically is multiplied three times in its impact. See if you don't want to help with what we're about to show you and you have the opportunity to do it. Watch closely. This girl's name is Pinky. As a teenager, she was looking for work, but she was deceived and sold to a brothel. In Nepal, Kutu was kidnapped and assaulted by a human trafficker and was driven towards the Indian border. Lena was sold to a brothel by her own mother and was beaten when she refused to service several men. Shrani was orphaned at eight years old and was living on the streets. She was trafficked into a brothel soon after. When I hear stories like these, it fundamentally breaks my heart. That's why we have missionary partners working all around the world, reaching out and rescuing and restoring young children targeted by the human traffickers. In fact, some of these children can be as young as four, five, six years old. Now, the problem of human trafficking is not getting smaller. 
it's actually growing. So we need to step up our efforts and reach out to not only children who are at risk, but those who are still in the clutches of the traffickers. We are fighting the powers of darkness. So we need to provide a center of light and safety for all young victims. Oh, I thank God for all of our mission workers who put their lives in the midst of that pain, suffering and tremendous need. The hidden cameras that take many of those shots, our, our, our team oftentimes is in, in danger. Betty and I, years ago, we were, we were held captive. Uh, I was like held a hostage. And uh, those things, we never even let those things go out for concern that if they found out they could do it and frighten anybody, they'd multiply it and do it more. So we didn't talk about it. But I'm just telling you that these missionaries, full of the love of God, put their life in the midst of such immense suffering that can only be effectively addressed by that love and real compassion. But those who have that love have to have the undergirding and the support. And you, our viewers, above all people, the missionaries say, you all have to be the most wonderful people on the planet, they think, because you help them do what God called them to do. You enable them to do it. And, and we really do want to rescue those precious children. And now we've got a place to establish a safe house, literally. You talk about a real house of help and hope. And we can get the children. And the miracle is that when we find out we could build it so much less expensively, and it would be such a fabulous facility, and they would be safe and secure, a family stepped up and said, we'll, we'll make an $820,000 gift toward that, which means we need $410,000 now to finish the facility. Of course, we need $128 per child or per woman or person that we help through the year. And that's a modest amount, but that's what it takes. So you could help us. You say, I'll rescue someone. I'll give $128. But how about helping us also build that safe center, that haven? of security and hope. Would you give a gift? Let's just take an example of $40 and it's multiplied to 120. It has three times the impact. $80 goes to 240. It's tripled. And many people said, I wish I could give a real large gift. Well, $1,200 given right now is multiplied to 3,600 in its effect. Would you go online right now in love and in prayer and make the gift God puts on your heart to help save those precious children and establish this safe haven for them? a future and a hope. Would you offer them that help? Take your bank card, use your bank card like a check. That's the way we should always use them, like a check. And go online and make the gift God put on your heart. Or you can dial the phone number and use that bank card like a check. If you want to write a check, make it to life. But call us and tell us what you're mailing. We need to know so we can let the builders, the contractors, the mission workers, all of them know we got it. Let this family know we got it. Your love's been multiplied. Your love will be multiplied. We want to send you some beautiful gifts. We'll send you Peace in His Presence by Sarah Young. This is a fantastic. You could actually look through it just for the beauty. It is so wonderfully, look at that, positioned. You know, I, I, one of my hobbies is photography. I wish I could just do something like I see. But the message, the devotional thoughts, it's just fabulous. We want to say thank you because we love you. The Thomas Kincaid Forest Chapel is a beautiful canvas Frame beautifully for you, your home, or wherever you want to use it. It'll be a testimony of the love of God. 
please go online right now or call that number. It's always there if you need prayer. But today it's there so it can be an answer to someone's prayer. Give them hope. Please make the call and thank you for doing it. Innocent children created to be happy, loved, and cared for are being abducted and sold at the hands of violent predators, their spirit and bodies broken under horrific emotional and physical abuse. Our dream is to build a unique child rescue center in Southeast Asia, a safe haven 100% dedicated to rescuing young victims from the sex traders and helping them begin the recovery from the abuse they have suffered. This dream of a new rescue center can soon become a reality with your support, combined with a promised $820,000 matching gift. All we have to do is raise an additional $410,000 to begin construction. That means your gift today will be matched two to one, having a triple impact. Gifts of $20 will be tripled to 60, $40 will be tripled to 120, $80 will be tripled to 240, and generous gifts of $1,200 will be tripled to $3,600 to help us rescue children from sexual slavery. With your gift of any amount, we'll send you Sarah Young's newest book, Peace in His Presence, favorite quotations from Jesus Calling. Also, please consider a gift of $1,200 to help us build the Child Rescue Center, and you may request this beautifully framed canvas print of The Forest Chapel. Please call, write, or make your gift online today. We are sending as an expression of our gratitude, peace in His presence, Sarah Young, you will love this. And if you would like to have the book, which is in the bookstores, or you can get it online, it might be wonderful to give it to some military family or people who have armed service members in their family to just let them see a little bit of a view from the inside in the American wife. But we'll send it to you to say thank you if you'll help us provide that safe haven for those children, get them out of the sexual trafficking, set them free. We'll be glad to send it to you. Would you join me with the depth of love that only God can give, would you together express your appreciation and love for Taya and for her testimony. And, her love. and all our military, we love you, appreciate you, pray for you. Thank you. We love you. Go to stream.org every day and get the news that matters and wisdom. Stream.org. Thanks for watching live today.
to see evil and not call it evil is evil. Next week, Pastor John Hagee shares his shocking introduction into demonology. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.